Hello, this is Patrick Widdis and welcome to Poetry Non-Stop. It's great to be back with some new episodes with some brilliant poets. It's August, which means the Edinburgh Festival is well underway and my guest on this episode is a poet who is taking her first show to the festival. Leanne Moden's Skip, Skip, Skip is about finding your identity through music and discovering your tribe. Leanne lives in Nottingham and I live in Norwich and we had a dodgy line on Skype connecting us. But while the sound quality is not as good as usual, her words are worth listening to. I asked her how she began writing the show. Originally, I was interested in writing my own show uh, in about 2011, 2012, um, just because it seemed like the right progression for me at that point. Um, I had been writing and performing for about sort of five or six years by that point, and I was ready for a new challenge. So I went and did a, um, a week-long course with the Norwich Writers' Centre on, it was like a residential looking mm. at how to develop a show. Who was but, running that, uh, the course? Um, so it was, it was the Writers' Centre in Norwich and also Apples and Snakes. So it was um, like a, a collaborative project. And um, it was me, Andy Bennett, um, Holly McNish, um, Russell J. Turner and Rachel whose surname escapes me. But there were there were a little group of us all, all um, went to North Norfolk for a week to um, get some writing done. And that was really, that was really great. And then I had all these ideas and sort of really lost momentum as soon as mm-hmm. I came back um, from that experience. So um, put, put the notebook in a drawer, thought I will definitely get to that one day and uh, fast forward about sort of four years and I'm, I felt like it was time to give it another go you know so last year I made a decision to apply for a developing your creative practice grant for Arts Council England to develop the show. It's specifically designed for artists who are working in one field to sort of branch out into another field. So for me, it was poet to theatre, you know, so uh, and I didn't think anything of it. I just sent the application off and I thought, well, you know, we'll see what comes of that. And then um, they very kindly accepted my application, gave me a small grant um, and then, you know, it was like, well, actually, now I have to make this thing happen. I I always wanted to write about the connection between um, music and identity. For me, growing up, music and um, how music sort of informed your um, friendship groups and how you um, related to one another, specifically in your teenage years, was um, a really interesting sort of thread that I wanted to explore in my work. So um, that's really where the idea came from. I spent um, maybe five years of my teenage years as a, a teenage goth. So I thought that that was a story that perhaps hasn't really been told in poetry or in theatre. So I wanted to explore like how that came about, um, how it um, helped me to discover myself and find my personality and make friends and become the person who I am now. So yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of 
thinking and introspection and wondering whether people would be interested in that as a story. But every time I told people about the story, they always seemed very keen and interested. And we would always get into great conversations about the music that influenced them as teenagers. And it just felt like it was something that really resonated with a lot of people. So that was why I wanted to develop it further. What's it been like uh, looking back on that time? Has, Has it brought up any unexpected memories? Yeah, so it was it was interesting, really. Um, my my poetry, I tend to be quite outward looking and not really write a huge amount of myself. Or when I do write about myself, it's um, sort of cloaked in third person perspective. Um, so it was really very different to be writing a whole hour show that was essentially about the character of me as a teenager. It was also sort of tricky at points because um, we had to go back to the points where um, I was bullied as a teenager and um, that was that was really hard to revisit those memories and and try and sort of articulate them in a way that wasn't that that served the story and wasn't like wallowing in a woe is me sort of self-pity kind of way so hopefully I think I've managed that and I think it was really important for the story that that part was included because it sort of drives the entire narrative. Yes. So how how did you achieve that? Um, So really what I've done is I've, um, it's a one woman show, the show itself, but what I've done is I've had sort of embodying different characters in the piece. And that sort of has given me that, uh, the necessary sort of um, step back from it where I can say, well, the horrible things that this character is saying are not me, you know, and these uh, these things are the things that drove me towards making these friendships and um, going down this path of exploring this music and exploring this subculture. So um, it was it's about sort of having the distance from the experience to say, well, this was a horrible period, but it kind of made me the person I am kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds like there's uh, quite a lot of acting involved. Is that something new to you? Absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, so I came to poetry as more of a sort of English student rather than a drama student. Um, and I know that with performance poetry, there are people who come from either background and then get involved in the performance poetry scene. But yes, I had never really done any acting before, never really done any theatre. So from that perspective, it felt like it was like a really exciting challenge and something that I really wanted to see if I was able to do and if I could do successfully and if I could learn these skills because I think that they would be you know really beneficial for telling the particular story that I wanted to tell. That's uh, interesting uh Thinking as a teenage goth, you you wouldn't uh, think that uh, to look at you now. Is there any of the goth left uh, in you? It's so funny that you say that because every time I talk to people about it, that's the first thing they say. I was like, oh, I couldn't picture you as a teenage goth, which is so funny because um, I there's there's an element of me that was very much sort of 
experimenting with it and very I'm, I'm very interested in um the fashion side of it and the makeup side of it and being able to sort of lose yourself or reinvent yourself or paint yourself in different lights um and explore different facets of your character i'm still quite interested in that now and i still love dressing up i think it's more important than ever now that people uh know that they're they're able to experiment with their look and um, how they present themselves to the world. And um, that's another thing that I hope that this show helps people to uh, to think about is that they that they have this sort of wealth of of ways to present themselves to the world. And 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 it should be about the fun and experimentation of that. How did the show evolve? Do you have a clear idea from the beginning or has it changed significantly? Oh, goodness. Um, Yeah, so I'd never written something quite this long before. So it's obviously an hour's worth of writing and poetry. And in the start, I had a very clear idea of the story that I wanted to tell, but not how I was going to get there if you know what I mean. So I had some like major plot points in mind um, and I spent about a month drafting different different story arcs and uh, then starting to write and finding that it wasn't working and redrafting the story arc and writing again and finding it wasn't working. And honestly, it took me about three months to get to a place where I found the story and found what worked best and then once that clicked into place then the writing became like exponentially easier it was suddenly like oh of course this is exactly the story I wanted Mm. to tell but there was a lot of you know working that out and feeling a bit sort of fraught because I was like oh god you know I don't know if I can do this but it's it's all about working and progressing and working towards something and again it's about that experimentation and giving yourself the room to play and to think about the connections and and how it will look on stage and how it feels and the emotions of the piece as well so yeah it was it was it wasn't an easy course but once it all clicked into place then I found it really a lot it flowed a lot better Yes. And uh, so what has been uh, most helpful in uh, that process? Well, um, the money from the Arts Council was really beneficial in that it allowed me to have um, to bring some mentors on board. So I've been working with Mark Grist, the poet, um, and he's been helping me with um, story structure and thinking about the writing um, and the process behind that. Um, And that was really, really helpful because Mark and I have got fairly similar Mm -hmm. um, writing styles. So uh, I really felt like he got what I was trying to do. And that was fantastic because every time I said, well, I'm stuck on this bit, he was like, have you tried? And he was very sort of supportive and, and, and helped me to on the days where I was sort of thinking, Oh God, this is too hard. I'm just going to have to, you know, call it a day. Um, he was great for that. Um, I also had, um, a few more mentors. So I've worked with John Berkovich, um, Dan Weber and, uh, Roger Robinson as well. And they were all really helpful in, um, helping me with different aspects, uh, that 
I didn't have a lot of experience mm. with. So John Berkovich was really good for direction and movement on stage. Dan Weber was helping me with the um, the theatrics um, of the piece. And Roger Robinson was uh, more thinking about the, the business of how you get the work out there and how you promote it and how you um, sort of connect with theatre audiences so there were lots of people sort of supporting me um, and helping me to find the bits that I didn't know anything about so that was really really helpful in in giving me the confidence to to think actually this could go somewhere you know yeah so um are there any writing or performance techniques that you've learned along the way Oh, it's that's an excellent question. I think for me, one of the biggest things that I've had to sort of unlearn um, as a poet is this idea that every poem is a complete story. And for me, anyway, um, I like to, you know, tell tell a whole story in a poem, wrap it up at the end. Um, and you can't do that when you're writing something long form. Each of the poems has to be more of a scene. And it was a really different way of working sort of um, to to this sort of overarching narrative arc. So I have I have a lot of poems that I'd written at the beginning of this process. So it was a real learning process of learning to let emotions hang in the air and be able to stop from, you know, tying things up neatly at every opportunity, which is how I write usually. So uh, yeah, that was a real, real learning experience. I also did some great courses with uh, some people down in Oxford who were really, really helpful in getting me to think about what you're communicating with each scene and how you do that. And it's just a very different process from from writing a poem. Oh, it would be uh, possible to hear a poem or two? Sure. So uh, this poem is a poem at the very beginning uh, of the show, and it's about my hometown. My hometown is a place called Wisbeach. It's in the middle of the Fens. It's a lovely town, but it's a frustrating place to grow up if you're a teenager, and this poem is about that, and it's called Welcome to Wisbeach. If you love empty fields and a well-constructed ditch, then this town is the place to scratch your panoramic itch. It's featureless and flat here, but that's not the only hitch. Our businesses are struggling, but our soil is really rich. Despite the name, we have no beach and very little whiz. We frequently score high on poverty analysis. And you may call it bleak, but then the point you're missing is that once a month, the black bear does a really good pub quiz. We haven't got a bookshop, but our bingo hall's a winner. And you can smoke in Terry's when you're trying to eat your dinner. There's something almost charming in the greyness of the river and the fare that comes to town just when the weather's turning bitter. Old ladies in the cafes, laughing hoarsely like hyenas. The smell of frying burgers in the vans at the arena. The subtle whiff of cat food being canned down at Purina. All these things contribute to the town's unique demeanour. Our chief exports are vegetables and rampant xenophobia, declining manufacturing and civic-led myopia. We've only got one Catholic church and so we could be popier. And every year more shops close down, the high street's getting ropier. Our football team are non-league and tenaciously subpar. We don't have any nightclubs or a single decent bar. The nearest town is 15 miles and if you've got no car, that's 30 minutes on the bus to your local cinema. We've got a castle, three museums and a brewery. 
but precious little in the way of opportunity. Both our hospitals closed down in 1983, and there's nowhere now in town to do your A-levels for free. The comprehensive's failing and the grammar costs a bomb. The queue outside the job centre is getting pretty long. The smell of onions being picked is really fucking strong. And everyone just lives their lives as if there's nothing wrong. It's like the 1940s came and never went away. A town that's lost in time, but in a disappointing way. So just like every pop punk song and teenage film cliche, I'm waiting for my life to start so I can get away. Great. Uh, well, I don't think you'll uh, be being commissioned by the Whiz Beach Tourist Board. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, this is the the, po- the show itself is set in 2002 um, and Whiz Beach has come on in leaps and bounds since then. They've now got a cinema, so it's obviously completely different to it mm-hmm. was then. So did you write that one early on? So that one was written probably uh, in the middle, actually, of the process. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I thought I was going to write it chronologically from beginning to end, but that's not actually how the process ended up happening at all. It was more a case of um, picking out individual memories and bits and pieces and things came together sort of in um, groups and patches and it really sort of all coalesced together. Uh, so taking the show to Edinburgh... Um... How have uh, have you got on with organising all that? Yeah, no, it's great. um, I I was looking at my calendar and I noticed that it's um, just over 100 days until um, my Edinburgh run starts. So uh, no need to panic. Um, But yes, um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm doing from the 17th to the 25th of August and I'm doing it in the ballroom at the Banshee Labyrinth, which is so exciting because that's my favourite venue um, at Edinburgh. In terms of organisation, and at the moment, I'm in the midst of, you know, looking at how to design flyers and um, put together the publicity side of things as well, as well as trying to learn uh, one hour's worth of material. So uh, between now and August is going to be a lot of hard work, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so, so, so it's like, you know, Edinburgh quite well. Um, yeah so I've been I've been a couple of years um I went last year and I went the year before but it's always been you know one of my real goals to have a go myself um because in the past I've just been up as a punter um so I'm I'm slightly nervous about the relentlessness of doing your show every day for I've got nine days so it's nine day stint um and that's I'm I'm slightly nervous about that but I'm really lucky because there's quite a few people that I know going up there and I know that people always try and look out for each other because we're all in the same boat so I think it will be fine but it's just one of those things where you know it's the unknown so yeah yeah have you got another poem for us sure let's find another one So this one is about starting to make that transformation um, and it's called Black Lipstick. Today, I am black lipstick, willful, disobedient. I am oil, slick, grin, thick black outline. I am bird's wing. I am beast's flank. I am opaque and I am limitless. Today, I am black lipstick, headstrong, intractable. I am burning meteorites, collapsing supernova. I am wet mouth. I am echoing ventricle. I am magnetic 
and I am outrageous. Today I am black lipstick, deliberate, considered. I am ocean floor and space between stars. I am lip taste, I am skin shine, I am equilibrium, and I am disparity. Today I am black lipstick, transgressive, unflinching. I am incautious uncertainty, trepidation, but not fear. I am experimentation, I am complication, I am confidence, and I am indecision. I am not beautiful, but I am powerful. I am powerful and that is beautiful. Today, I am black lipstick and that is enough. Great. There's a really strong voice in that piece. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, uh, you said it's uh, something that people relate to very well. What kind of response have you uh, had to the material so far? Um, well, I've I've been really lucky. I've done um, a couple of shows now. I did one in Stanford, and I've done um, work in progress shows in Nottingham, where I'm based at the moment. And pe- the response has been really, really positive um, so far. People have been really complimentary about um, how uh, like honest and vulnerable uh, the show is, which is something that I wasn't necessarily expecting when I started out writing it. So it's it became very personal and uh that is great because it feels like it's really you know important to me but it's also a bit scary because then you share you know your innermost thoughts for an hour with an audience and you're never quite sure how Mm. they'll react but um yeah I've been I've been really lucky so far that people have been genuinely really positive about it and really enjoyed it and so for Anyone else who's thinking of doing something similar, what, what, what would your advice be? Um, my advice would be not to sit on it for four years, <laughs> first of all. Um, I think my advice would just be to start writing, to also um, find somebody you know who has already written a show or a long-form performance or a theatre piece and sit down for them with them for a coffee, pick their brains because it's so helpful to talk to people who've already been through that experience and um, who understand the process and who can give you um, tips and pointers. Um, also, I think it's really important to find uh, streams of funding, if you can, to help support you to carve out the time for writing and research and to um, get people on board to support you that way as well but uh, yeah the main thing is just to uh, make a start uh, dive in see how you get on and uh, good luck absolutely so um, come on to the uh, uh, writing section Um, do you have a writing prompt for us I do. Let me find it for you. Yeah, in my show, I write about my hometown. Um, and I talk about how I imagined it when I was growing up there, which was about 15 years ago. Um, one of the most interesting ways of thinking about and talking about place um, that I've found is by using personification to articulate the character of a place. So um, in this prompt, uh, I'd like you to imagine that the town, the city, or the village that you live in is a person. I want you to describe what the person looks like, sounds like, what their relationship is with you. Um, Think about their personality, how they dress, how they talk, how they work. 
um, and be really specific. So um, I want you to think about the character of a place and channel that into a personality. Give yourself 15 minutes to write around the topic and then refine that writing into a poem. Um, I've done this workshop prompt across the country and actually around Europe as well, and it really ends up with some really nice writing. So it's worth uh, having a play with, definitely. So what kind of responses have you had to it? Well, um, I I went to um, Estonia for a poetry festival last year and we wrote about Tartu, the city that we were in. And there were some really beautiful um, responses to that. People talking about the city as a stranger and talking about being new to the city and, and overcoming that relationship. Um, people who talked about the city as if it were um, a parent or a child or um, a sibling and all these things brought up a lot of emotions around their how they related to the city and also how they related to um, members of their family so it was it's it's a really nice exercise to unpick all that well I had to go at it and I'm not sure if this uh, is complete yet because once you start thinking about a place there's so many things you find yourself thinking about you want to uh, mm. put in and so on but um, it, it was a really interesting way to uh, think differently about somewhere that you're very familiar with and then mm. sort of be able to be more creative with it so I think it's a great uh, exercise so um, anyway this is what uh, came out when I tried it and uh, it's called The Wizard of Norwich he sometimes appears on the river bank, robes rippling in the breeze and duckweed in his beard. You might pass him on Prince of Wales Road, wise and silent among the stag do's and hen parties. On his shoulder, broad as the castle mound, a peregrine falcon keeps watch. Beneath his cathedral spire of a hat, Past and future swirl in deep, dark, emerald eyes. His gown is weighed down by books, scrolls and tomes thick as city walls. Hymns, prayers, fairy tales, memento mori in verse, tonic sulphur, treaties on prison reform, a UEA graduate's debut novel with page marked by a book hive receipt. His breath smells of mustard and algae. His skin's as dry as ancient stone. But when he parts his crooked lips, narrow as a one-way street, laughter bursts from his mouth full of tombstone teeth. You might see him in the market, changing the colours of the striped awnings. You could find yourself beside him at Carrow Road, as he guides the ball with a subtle wink and moustache twitch towards the awayside's goal. And at nightfall he stands upon Mousehold Heath, surveying the city below. It might be your name, he spells with his staff, as he chants in the language of dragons. Oh, Patrick, that's lovely. Really, really beautiful. So many like really evocative images in there. Um, I love the um, the tomes as thick as city walls. It's just really, really nice. Really like that. 
Thank you. Uh, that had a lot of fun writing it. And um, yeah, I think, you know, there's so much you want to put in. And, and ultimately, you can't put it all into one person because a city is made up of many people. So uh, I, I, I'm aware a lot of people listening to this will be from Norwich. And mm. um, there's still a lot of ways, a lot of different Norwich people you can write about. Mm. Um, and it also occurred to me sort of, as I was writing it, you could be more subtle as well. You don't sort of actually have to mention the city or anything. You yes. could just sort of take, like, you know, the characteristics you think of from your city and just describe a person. Absolutely. I think the, the best poetry prompts for me are ones where you can take it in several different directions. So hopefully this one, if anybody wants to try it at home, um, do send me what you've written. I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Do you have another poem maybe to finish off with? Sure, let me. This poem is called Guidelines. Come out tonight. Come at midnight and come with us. Don't worry about what you're wearing as long as what you're wearing is black. Come for warm bodies and sweat, spit and cigarettes, whiskey and mixers, lipstick and fishnets. Tear your tights on someone else's fingernails. Shout secrets into the speakers and throw your fists in the air. Move and twist and strut. Don't worry about how you're dancing as long as you are dancing. The beat is only a guideline anyway. Come out tonight. Come with us and come prepared. Don't worry about what you're drinking as long as you're drinking with us. Come for best mates and heartbreak, vomit and glory, music and mayhem, connection, tall stories. Wear your heart like a brand new t-shirt. Stomp and swagger and sway. Don't worry about what you're singing as long as you are singing the words are only a guideline anyway come out tonight come late and come with us don't worry about what they call you as long as they call you something come for black nails and tattoos dyed hair and scuffed shoes come and be whoever you choose to be Share songs with girls you've been too scared to speak to and scream your frustrations into someone else's shoulder blades. Jump and kick and twist. Don't worry about how you're feeling as long as you are feeling. Your emotions are only a guideline anyway. Remember, you are not here to impress the boys in the band, so get dancing. You are not here to sit in the corner on your own, so get dancing you are not here unless you are at the front so get dancing this gig is for you and for anyone who felt like they didn't matter you matter so get dancing the beat is only a guideline anyway that was Leanne Moden. She will be performing Skip, Skip, Skip at the Banshee Labyrinth in Edinburgh every day from the 17th to the 25th of August at 7pm. There may also be opportunities to see Leanne perform in other parts of the country. 
Check her Facebook page, Leanne Moden Poet, for details. You can find that information and uh, everything else about the show on the website poetrynonstop.com. I'll be back in two weeks. I'm posting episodes for this series every other Thursday, but I might share some bonus episodes in the weeks in between, possibly including poems sent in in response to the writing prompts. So have a go at Leanne's exercise in the next couple of weeks for the chance to be featured. You can send poems to poetrynonstop at gmail.com or share on social media with the hashtag poetrynonstop. Thank you for listening and keep writing.